Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is good, everybody? Welcome to the Gold Diggers podcast on the Gold Standard Podcast Network. I'm Rob Stats Guerrera. It is Friday. She is Michelle Majuk. Michelle, how are you? Hey, hey. I'm excited for the weekend. We got the combine. Yeah. I'm going to pretend to be excited about the combine. <laughs> uh, but no, I'm excited. It's Friday. So for anyone that doesn't know, Michelle's a researcher for NFL Network and a fantasy analyst for NFL Network. And the Combine, like you, they put you to work. So you are grinding on every single aspect of the Combine, no matter how big or small. Yeah, but luckily this year I did get put more on free agency work. So I'm not as heavily into the Combine, thank goodness. But yeah, you know, those big guys out there running those drills, all important. You can go. I just saw this on YouTube yesterday. It's a video of every single defensive lineman's 40-yard dash. It has 330,000 views, Michelle. People are into it. People love the 40-yard dash. I will say it's very calming to watch the combine. Though. It feels like they like talk really soft, like it's like golf, <laughs> and then you're just watching these big guys run or do the drills. And, and it's a nice way to like learn about these prospects as well. They do a good job with the coverage. We're here at the NFL Scouting Combine. Luke McCaffrey set to run the 40-yard dash. Look at his arms, Rich. They look really good. A great thing to do while you're watching the Combine is to do a puzzle. <laughs> you know what I have uh, started to do this week? And again, I for anyone that doesn't know, I don't pretend to be an expert on these picks. I really don't. I don't watch college football during the year, so I can't tell you like who's going to be good, who's not going to be good. I do like to watch, you know, I watch the combine and I try to get up to speed, but I kind of let the whole thing play out before I make my predictions on who's going to be good. But what I have started to do this week, Michelle, is go back and watch Christian McCaffrey's combine workout, his 40 yard dash, Brock Purdy's 40 yard dash, just to like go back and see what they're saying about them. I read a scouting report on Christian McCaffrey the other day. It said, his rush, his um, punt return and kick return skills might be good enough to push his name into the first round. <laughs> and then he went top 10. And then he's one of the best three players in the whole damn league. It's yeah. hilarious. Now, it is funny to go back and read some scouting reports or just, you know, listen to podcasts about certain players. Like if you go back and listen to PFF uh, podcasts about Patrick Mahomes, they were very, very worried about Mahomes coming out. It's just funny to go listen. 
Oh, absolutely. Like it's it's an imperfect They were sign. crapping all like a lot of people, not just PFF, were crapping on Justin Herbert before the draft. And now it's like everyone forgets that they did this and everyone acts like they they weren't doing this before. And it was a lot of outlets being like, Oh, I wouldn't take Herbert in the top ten. Like and then afterwards they completely forget they ever said it. Right. Like nobody bats a thousand. It's really hard. I have a very simple philosophy when it comes to draft picks. And I always felt like if I was someone in a position to actually make them, this would be my guiding principle. Number one, assume they never change. Like assume that this is going to be who they are. Cause I feel like a lot of teams can trick themselves into being like, well, sure. He sucks at pass blocking, but if we could just train him up in that, then, then he'll be a great pick. And it's like, yeah, okay. But if anyone is, if you're just going to say, well, we'll just make whatever his weaknesses are better then you can pick anybody you want. It won't matter. So I just assume this player is who they're going to be. Then number two is what are they doing? That is special. Why am I looking at them? Right. Why am I wasting my time or spending my time looking at them? Is it, is it your scrambling ability? If you're a quarterback, is it your accuracy, whatever it is. And then number three, does that skill carry over into the NFL? If it's like, if I'm looking at a quarterback primarily because of his legs, that ain't it for me. That ain't, that can't be the guy I'm going to draft. I got to have a thrower first and foremost. Legs are great. Obviously you need a guy that can move around, but if that's the primary reason I'm looking at somebody, no good. So those are my principles. And and I will say like, especially in the early rounds, if the sky doesn't have upside, why are you wasting your time? Right? Like, what are we looking at here? I hate with like the safe picks because even Evan Neal coming out was supposed to be like the safest tackle you could take, right? Mm-hmm. He's so incredibly safe. So the Giants took him instead of taking, I think that was the same year. Uh, 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 what's his name? Equinu, Equinu, whatever. He went to the Panthers. Um, that tackle came out where he had a lot of upside, right? But there's things to fix. But then Evan Neal ended up being trash. He's trash. <laughs> He's one of the worst tackles in the league. So there are no safe prospects. I want yes. everyone. There are no safe prospects. So I don't want to hear this. Like Kenny Pickett was even supposed to be safe, right? And he is straight garbage as well. <laughs> like there is no safe prospect. So don't just go for the the floor guy here and be like, we just need a really solid guy to put in place. That's not a thing. Go for some upside in the early rounds. A hundred percent. You know who was supposed to be a really safe pick with our floor? Solomon Thomas. And the Niners took him third overall. How do he do? He stunk. Stunk on ice. So I agree with you. And speaking of that, Michelle, because I feel like there's a lot of like bias that comes into these picking of players. The, the NFL draft is just so like, it's so random at times and people you know everybody thinks they have like their system right i just gave you my system i'm one of those people like the blackjack people oh no no i i got a system vegas can't beat me no you don't have a system you're an idiot you're gonna lose all your money there's three players in this draft that 49er fans are dying to see end up in san francisco brendan rice out of usc luke mccaffrey wide receiver out of rice and frank Gore jr from southern miss like, those are the three. We got to get them all. Some people want them all. Some people are like, oh, I only want one. I don't care which one. Do you think the 49ers should make a legacy pick in this draft? I mean, obviously don't reach for them. What positions are these? I know Frank Gore Jr. is a running back and Frank Gore's son. How, Brendan Rice, is he Jerry Rice's son or nephew Correct. or what? And he's son. a wide receiver. Okay. And, and Luke McCaffrey is a wide receiver. How are they related? They're brothers. Oh, wow. Look at them. And he's a wide receiver. 
Corey Matthews says, give me the Nepo baby legacy draft. Rice Gore Jr. LMC. Yeah, LMC, CMC. Come on. It would be I will cool. say I really wanted the Steelers last year to draft Joey Porter Jr. And I don't know if I would have wanted it as bad if I didn't experience Joey Porter with the Steelers. I probably right? wouldn't have. I wanted it. We got it. And he was great. Like, I do just think there is something, though, with these guys that have, you know, it's not just cousins, right? I don't want to hear like you have a cousin, but nope. you know, your, your father or your brother plays in the league. It, it seems to be working out as of late. It didn't always be that way. Uh, but that like TJ Watt, I know he had nothing. I know JJ Watt had nothing to do with the Texans, but we already saw, you know, his brother was so successful in the league that I don't know why teams let TJ fall so far, but I was very happy when the Steelers took him. It's tempting. Um, I, Yeah, I don't know how they are as players, but like, first of all, Brendan Rice is in the toughest spot out of all of them. If Brendan Rice has 60 touchdowns in his career, people are going to be like, oh, disappointed. It's like 60 touchdowns is a great career for a wide receiver, but his dad has over 200. (laughs) It's like the expectations for him and he plays the same position. And imagine if he went to San Francisco, like, oh my God. Then then you get into the whole, would they unretire the number so that he could wear 80 like his dad did? Like, oh my God, I would not want to be Brendan Rice. Do you know where he's supposed to be drafted? No. See, like I said, I don't know anything about these people. Because Marvin Harrison Jr., we know he's going to be a top four pick and he deserves to be or at least top five. Right. And yeah, he's going to be compared to his dad, Hall of Famer out there. But I I do. It's probably a little bit different of uh, stress because Jerry Rice is the best wide receiver of all time. Marvin Harrison is a really great one, a Hall of Famer. Excellent. But you're not going to put him into that category of greatest of all time. So a little bit less stress. And also Marvin Harrison Jr. might already be, he's already thought of as like going to come in and be one of the best wide receivers in the league. Right. So none of these guys are like top 50 players, which I think like Brendan Rice, I'm looking at one draft board. He's at 94 overall. So it's are not we worried like, that, so he's only at 94 overall and he probably gets a boost up because his father is Jerry Rice, right? Right. Probably not, not the greatest sign. Brendan Rice, 6'3", 210, plays at USC. Yeah, I mean, I don't. look. Even Kurt Warner's son, Cade Cade Warner got, you know, did he even end up getting drafted? But he got signed by a team and then quickly cut. You're going to be given, like, a look because it's your – I'm not saying Rice is in that category of that bad because, obviously, if you're a top 100 prospect, that's still really solid. But, I mean, I don't mind it if they want to take a shot at him in the late third round. I wouldn't hate it. You know, like, especially if it's the third round, let's be honest. The 49ers third round picks have been a pile of garbage for the most part. Not all of them, but for the most part, they have gotten nothing out of Trey Sermon, nothing out of Danny Gray, nothing out of Ty Davis price. If you're going to do that, you're going to get nothing out of somebody. Why not let it be Frank Gore Jr.? You know, like, why yeah. not? <laughs> or, or, or Braden Rice. But are they actually going to give Braden Rice a chance? Like Brendan. third rounders are Brendan. Are they actually going to give him a chance to play? That's right. the thing with these rookies. They're not giving, especially at the wide receiver position, they're not ever letting them be active or play in games. And that's just a waste of a pick. Kyle's tough on wide receivers, man. I almost think just out of need, I, I almost think Frank Gore would be the best one just because like they could use another running back. You, you know, I know they have McCaffrey and Elijah Mitchell and Jordan Mason, but like 
Do you Take sign Frank, Frank Gore back for a, a single game so that they can both be active <laughs> in the same game? You know Frank would do it. Frank would be like, I'm ready to go right now. He, he actually works for the organization now as a scout um, or in some capacity in the front office, I should say. That would be awesome, wouldn't it? Even if it really was a preseason game, just yeah. do it for a preseason game. Put them in the backfield at the same time. Yes. Yeah. And hand yep. it to Frank Gore Jr. You know, probably senior doesn't want to get hit no more. <laughs> Have senior take, take the snap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they should do that. They should draft him in the late third, sign Frank Gore to like a one-day deal. Have him play one game in the preseason, both snaps. That would be amazing, yeah. I'm all for it. Like, I, that would be really, really cool. Not going to lie. Especially the older I get, the more that sappy stuff works on me. I have to, uh, I have to admit it. Okay. Well, there'll be plenty of time uh, to talk about those guys because it's going to be a thing that comes up until the draft. Literally. I think they all have said actually that they have uh, met with the 49ers also. So like there clearly is at least some interest. If you're, if you care about who the 49ers have met with, go follow Steph Sanchez on Twitter. She has a whole uh, spreadsheet of everybody the 49ers have met with. She is absolutely crushing it this time of year. Uh, at Steph49K, I believe, on Twitter. And uh, you can check out our YouTube channel, the 49 Carrots YouTube channel. She's all over it. So definitely check that out. Now, some players that you have looked into, Michelle. I know that you're, you're dipping your toe in the waters right now. Who is the first of three players you want to talk about on today's show? Well, let's, I know you are very excited for the moment where George Kittle's no longer on this team, right? I'm we not know you're excited <laughs> for it, but I'm thinking that it's coming. Faster we all know than you're the George hater. We all know that happens. So yes, with his last jersey. Year, last year, I was all about the Sam Laporta, but they didn't have an early pick, right? So yeah. it couldn't happen. But now I have a guy that I love as well, and he's from the one team I watch in college football is the Texas Longhorns. I watch almost every single one of their games. I'm a very, I'm turning into a very big fan of just the Texas Longhorns. Don't love college football overall. Starting to get into it. But Jatavian Sanders. He's a tight end for them. He's not even 21 years old yet, has had over 600 yards over the last two seasons. But the thing about him is he is that really great deep receiver too. Like he, it's not just the short stuff, right? It's not just like, I'm trying to think of like a boring tight end, like a Dalton Schultz or Jake Ferguson. It's not like that, right? He can get deep. He averaged 15.2 yards per reception last season. Second most among tight ends in the power five. There are two tight ends that average over 15 yards per, uh, per reception on 40-plus receptions in a season in the Big 12 since at least 2000. That's as far back as my college data goes. The other guy was Mark Andrews at Oklahoma. So really nice company. Not bad. And he's really good after the catch, too. So averaged 7.7 .7 yards after catch per reception. Third among tight ends with 40-plus receptions in the FBS. And I, I just thought when I watched this team – Every time Sanders, you know, was on the field and he caught a ball, he looked like an NFL player to me. There's two wide receivers on Texas that are actually going to be either a very late first round pick or a second round pick, Adonai Mitchell and Xavier Worthy. I'm actually surprised by that because I thought they were good. But when I saw them, I wasn't thinking NFL, like especially that early. But with Jotavian Sanders, I saw the special skills that he possesses and i think he's going to be a really great nfl player okay look they have a need at tight end they invested in tight end they drafted two tight ends last year they got bupkis out of him cam latu got hurt didn't play the whole year brayden willis ugh most most memorable for a holding call in the super bowl when george kittle was hurt like uh, that's not ideal 
Um, it's hard to, to look at their, especially for tight ends. You know, you, you mentioned it. He's got over 1,200 yards and, you know, basically two years in college, seven touchdowns. You could say, oh, that's not really that impressive. But then you go look at George Kittle's college stats yeah. and you're like, damn, George Kittle did basically nothing in college. He never even had a 500-yard season in college. And George Kittle was a terror. It's basically immediately in the NFL. So you have to just basically look at the raw skills and see if that'll translate. Obviously, with Kittle at Iowa, they they were not a pass first team. He was an excellent blocker. So there were reasons for his, his production to be down. I don't know if Jatavian Sanders is going to be any good. I like everything you said about him. I like the fact that he's good after the catch. I think that is a quality in this offense that I'd like to see continue. Draft him. You get him with Kittle for, you know, at least a year. Let him let him trade under the master. Do like a, you know, a Jedi Padawan type of thing. I'm for it. Yeah, and what's really nice about him, too, he's supposed to go right in that range. Like, 31 is the perfect range for him. Uh, so uh, it's not like you have to reach on him. Yeah, yeah, it's, sorry, it's a first-round pick. You're not going to get him oh. in the second round. He's either going to go very, very early second-round pick or first round. So what, what position do you want to go with in the first round? Offensive line or corner. Either okay. one of those I'd be fine with. Uh Heinemann on Twitter. Now, by the what way, so. if, what if, what if the team does end up trading Brandon Ayuk and they have two first round picks? Would you be okay with them using that last one on Sanders? No. No. What if Offensive, he ends up being like Sam Laporta? You wouldn't be into it. They have bigger needs, much okay. bigger needs. Uh, Heinemann says, can Jatavian block? You know, I like fantasy points. So <laughs> I focus more on the receptions. I don't know. I'll have to look more into that. My thing is but like, we don't, block. We, don't, we don't need both. I feel like blocking is 90% effort and like the willingness to actually put in the effort. Yeah. He's a big boy. So I'm sure he can. I like hearing that. Uh, no, in the first round, I want them to go either offensive line or corner. My big revelation this week. I don't know if you had a chance to listen to me with Levin. Um, stop building your defense from the defensive line out because the bigger the game is, the less the refs call holding. And doesn't matter how good your defensive line is, if the other team can just hold the hell out of them, they're going to be neutralized. So invest in the secondary. Invest in the corners and safeties. Put your resources there. And then that will make life easier for your pass rush. And I think that's what the Niners need to do. So I want them to go corner in the first round or offensive line. Those are my two biggest needs. They definitely need to fix their offensive line and maybe they'll do some of the, like, we also have to see what they do in free agency, right? That's going to matter mm-hmm. a ton for what they need to do with their first pick in this draft. But I, I will say again, like if they, I do believe that they should be trading Brandon Ayuk this off season. I think this is the time that they can get the most draft capital for him. I think they can get something really decent back. So if they did have two picks, then I, I think this would be a solid pick or taking a, I like two wide receivers in this range as well. And I know you don't love the idea of trading a guy just to take his replacement, but at the same time, you're, it's not just his replacement. It's a guy so much cheaper. It's instead of keeping Ayuk, you're getting someone that's so much cheaper. Now maybe he doesn't end up being the same talent, but I will say I was texting you. I feel like everyone's like, oh, Brandon, are you so good? So good. So good. We can't get rid of him. Everyone else in this team is told they're only good because of Kyle Shanahan. Why is Brandon Ayuk not given that same treatment, right? Like Ayuk disappears for many, many times of a game. And then suddenly he's wide open. And I do think he's a good talent and him getting wide open is 
because of partly due to his talent, right? But also due to Kyle Shanahan's scheme. So who knows if he's going to be as effective somewhere else? Because everyone else says for every other player, they wouldn't be as good on someone else's team, right? So I don't know why Brandon Ayuk is given this completely different treatment. I do think it's time. If you can get a mid-round first, like a mid-first pick for him, you do it. There has to be a price at which you would trade Brandon Ayuk. We're not talking about like a Nick Bosa level player, especially a wide receiver where it's becoming easier and easier to replace wide receivers every year. It just is, especially when you consider that the top of the market contract for a wide receiver is almost $30 million a year. Like, damn, that's, that's a lot. Um, now I, I don't think they want to trade Brandon Ayuk. Um, he's a very good player, but I think if you got like, if somebody said top 10 pick right now for Brandon Ayuk, like, yep. Like before they finish the sentence, I'm making that deal. That's not a knock on Brandon Ayuk. And and I agree with you. I do get a little scared when you're trading a guy to then roll the dice on another guy. But just because that didn't work out with Javon Kinlaw doesn't mean it can't work out with somebody else. That's, you know, I, one has nothing to do with I do think that would other. be a great way to go and get one of the top corners or offensive linemen. Because yes. whatever, what, whatever one of those guys are sitting there at 31 at cornerback and offensive line, I mean, they... They dropped to that spot for a reason, right? I mean, with wide receivers, it's a little bit easier to find those guys later on in the the first round or in the mm-hmm. second round or or a tight end, right? But with offensive linemen and corners, they tend to go a little bit faster, and it's harder to hit on those as you go along. So 31st overall pick, we don't know who will be sitting there. So maybe if you got an earlier first-round pick, that's where you take your corner or your offensive lineman, and then you use that 31st pick now on a wide receiver since you just you know, traded away Brandon Ayuk. I love this question. Nick Eller, YouTube channel member. Shout out to you, Nick, and all our YouTube channel members. Please become one. It's less than $3 a month. It's a great way to support the channel. If you've gotten any value from what we do here, from our content, any entertainment at all, please support the channel. Again, it's less than $3 a month, but it makes a big difference for us. Nick says, Michelle, you trade Brandon Ayuk to the Colts. They're at 15, by the way. So right smack dab in the middle of the first round. On the board is Brock Bowers, the tight end out of Georgia. Or the third best tackle. Who are you taking? So it's I don't know enough about this tackle class yet, but I, Brock Powers is probably not going to be sitting there at 15, first off. But also, I, I'm taking the tackle. I don't like taking a tight end. I'll, I'll say, because I think Brock Powers is going to go top 10. I don't like taking a tight end top 10. We have not seen that work out. I mean, we've seen a lot of tight ends go early, like the Kyle Pitts. Um, not, but Evan Ingram went that early, right? He went Eric very Ebron, TJ Hawkinson. Now Hawkinson's been good for the Vikings, but he wasn't, uh, he wasn't what he was supposed to be for the lions with how early he went. No, Ingram so, was 23rd. Okay. But there's I been can... too many tight ends now in the top 10 that I, I really like Brock Bowers. I think he's going to be good, but I just don't think you use a top 10 pick on a tight end. Would you use a top 10 pick on a wide receiver? Yes. There are because... three wide receivers in this draft class that should be absolutely amazing. Marvin Harrison, Jr., Sorry, why are you raising your hand? I want to, I asked that to set you up because what I would say is if you use Brock Bowers like a wide receiver, like don't get hung up on the fact that he's a tight end. You could split him out. Off. No, yeah, that's what they're going to do with Kyle Pitts. And that's why they took Kyle Pitts over Jamar Chase and over Jalen Waddle and over Devonta Smith. I would easily take any of those three wide receivers in one half of a second over Kyle Pitts. Like Kyle Pitts is supposed to be used as a wide receiver. This is what they say about these guys that get drafted top 10 and it's harder to do. That's not their position, right? 
So yeah, why would you do that though? When there's three other wide receivers that could be sitting there that are already wide receivers, already the position that you want. And they're really, really stinking good. If you could, I mean, this isn't going to happen, right? I don't, if a team has a chance to draft either, obviously Marvin Harrison is going to be long gone, but if a team has a chance to draft Malik Neighbors or Romeo Dunze, they're doing that instead of trading for Brandon Ayuk and paying for him every single time. So they're not going to have that position. But yeah, if any of these teams has a chance to take one of those three guys or Brock Bowers, I think they'd be stupid to take Brock Bowers. By the way, I could think of a tight end that was drafted in the top 10 that worked out. That would be one Vernon Davis, who went sixth overall for the 49ers back in the day. I'll never get over this. Vernon Davis was a tight end, and he ran a 4-3-8. That is so sickeningly, absurdly fast. I feel like I Who was the first wide receiver that went after him? I have no idea. Oh, okay. Well, now you're going to make me look it up. Hang on. It was the 2006 NFL draft. Um. Are you saying that that Vernon Davis was a bad pick? Are you about no, no, to no, no, bad no, no. mouth? I'm just wondering who were the wide receivers that what? It could it could end up looking amazing for Vernon Davis. I was just interested. This is okay. So this is crazy. I'm just looking now. There was not a wide receiver picked in that first round oh, wow. till your Pittsburgh Steelers made the selection 25th overall in the first round of 2006. Any idea who it is? And you should know this name. Plexico Burris. Santonio Holmes. Damn. Yeah. Well, he actually, you know, won a Super Bowl, so I'll take it. Yeah. I'll no, take I mean, him over Vernon Davis. It's crazy that there were no wide receivers until 22 overall in the first round. He was the only wideout that went in the first round. Dang. Now I feel like wideouts go in the first round all the time. Yeah. Even guys that don't deserve it. Yeah, sadly. And that's the thing, too. Like, we throw all these names out. A lot of these guys are going to suck. Nobody wants to say that right now because we're all it's a season of hope and I get all that. But like most of these guys are going to be terrible. Yep. At all positions, not just wide receiver. Yes, right. Because the the NFL is really hard. Uh, But forget about that for now, because I want to hear more about players you like. So, okay, Jatavian Sanders was one who is next up. So these are all just thinking they're staying at 31, right? Not moving up or down. I'm not talking about Brandon Ayuk trade, but again, like I don't think they should go wide receiver if they don't trade for Ayuk, but this is in my mind that they do trade Ayuk and, but with their 31st pick, this is who they should take. So Troy Franklin, he's a wide receiver out of Oregon. And these are just, I have two wide receivers and I had Jatavian Sanders. I'll do other positions in different episodes, right? I was just focusing on wide receiver and pass catchers. Uh, But Troy Franklin out of Oregon, 6'3", young at just 21 years old, very fast, good after the catch. He put up 1,383 receiving yards this year, 14 touchdowns, averaged 17.1 yards per reception. Hmm. Franklin and Malik Neighbors, who's going to go top eight, he's great, are the only players in the FBS that had 1,300 receiving yards and 14-plus receiving touchdowns this past year. Franklin is actually the first Pac-12 player to average 17-plus yards per reception and score 14-plus touchdowns since at least 2000. So no other player has done it in the Pac-12. He's the first one to do it. PFF has him as their fourth-ranked wide receiver in this class behind the big three, but 24th overall among all prospects. And he is being like mocked around this area. He might go a couple picks before the 49ers, but there is a chance he's still sitting there. So I would love this pick if they like, I think this would be a really nice replacement for Ayuk if they were to move on. You said something to me um, when Christian Watkins was coming out of North Dakota Mm -hmm. state. And I thought it was really, really smart because a lot of times the combine happens and Watkins is one of those guys. He had a great combine Watson. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sorry. I don't know. 
sorry. Um, he, I think he ran a 40 yard dash. He had like an incredible 40 yard dash. Every drill that he did, it was like, my God, this guy's awesome. And I came on the show one day and I was like, Michelle, we got to have him. It's Trey Lance's teammate. Like, let's go Christian Watson. And you were like, why wasn't he better in college? Yeah. And I remember thinking like, damn, you're kind of right. Like if he has all these skills, why wasn't he using those skills to dominate in college? And I, I really like stuck with me. And I still think about that today, especially, especially as all these he was playing in the FCS without even like most of those guys, 99% of them are not in the NFL. There was a, and he was just wide open all the time whenever he did make a catch. Yeah. That was a completely different situation than Troy Franklin. Cause Franklin has these abilities, but actually produced. Right. That's what I, that's exactly yeah. the next point I was going to make. Like, Damn, look at the actual production in the Pac-12, not, you know, North Dakota State. No, yeah. well, a little disrespect to NDSU, just a little, sorry. Um, so, yeah, when you when you throw out those numbers for Franklin, I always go back to that. It's like, damn, I, who is the guy, uh, Chop, Chop Robinson, the pass yeah. rusher? I yeah. saw people were comparing his combine workout to Micah Parsons' combine workout. And I'm like, wait a minute, didn't Chop Robinson have four total sacks last year? Like, you're telling me this guy's Micah Parsons level, but he can't get more than four sacks in his seat. Like, I don't know about that. Maybe we got to slow down with these comparisons a little bit. Yeah, I know. The combine comparisons are funny because you're just comparing how athletic they are and not at all what a good football player they are. Right. Like, right. think of Drake Jackson. Did crazy stuff at the combine. Very athletic and do all the back. I had high hopes for him. I had high hopes for Drake Jackson. Yeah. He really got us this. Was it this preseason? He didn't get me. He had three sacks in the first game of the year. And people were like, yeah, Drake Jackson. I was like, nope. He did the same well, thing last work, year. His work ethic seemed like he was really coming through. True. Where he was like, he seemed like he was really going all in for this season. And then, and, I mean, he did, but he must, I mean, not every guy can be talented enough to make it. And he did miss the last nine games of the year with a, an injury. I think it was a quad injury. I want to say. Um, and he transformed his body. He looked like a different guy. Training camp hero, man. Drake Jackson happens every year. There'll, there'll be some this year as well. Um, okay. So Troy Franklin, number two, uh, Jatavian Sanders was your first. And who's your third guy that you have your eye on right now? Yeah. So this is kind of why I wanted to go through these guys too, because tomorrow in the combine on Saturday, this is when the wide receivers and tight ends will be doing their drills. So it'll just be fun to watch out for these guys. Uh, but the next one is Brian Thomas Jr. out of LSU. Now they list him at six, four. I am hoping he comes in shorter than that. I don't know why six, four seems too tall. If he's six, three, fine, but I don't really want him to be six, four all the way, but that's just what LSU had him listed as we know. Those are not very consistent. So hopefully he's a little bit shorter, still young, 21.3 years old. So young. I like that. Not like an old guy coming out. Lots of speed as well. He led the FBS in receiving touchdowns this year. He's also a guy that can be used deep. He averaged 17.3 yards per reception as well. And again, he had 17 receiving touchdowns. There have been four players since 2000, since as far as I can go back, that have scored 17 plus receiving touchdowns in a season in the SEC because we know that's the hardest conference, right? Mm -hmm. uh, it's Brian Thomas Jr., Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, and Devonta Smith. That's it. That's the list. <laughs> oh, man. That's, that's a pretty nice list. Yeah, that's some company to be around. Holy hell. Yeah, PFF has them ranked as their number five uh, wide receiver coming out right behind Troy Franklin. 29th overall prospect among all positions. So definitely right in the range of the 49ers, 31st overall pick. 
that's so tempting. The speed part of it too. The Niners don't have that speed guy. They've been looking for it. They tried Marquise Goodwin. He was fast. He couldn't stay on the field. He was definitely fast enough. They tried to get that with Danny Gray. Danny Gray is super fast, but apparently number one, he's always hurt. And number two, like he must be awful because Shanahan like will not let him even look at a football field. Yeah, that's my biggest worry about taking any of these guys. Will they get to be on a field? I don't know. Because even Brandon Ayuk, I mean, he the only reason he got used finally is because everyone got hurt, right? Yep. And they needed Ayuk, and he showed such greatness. I mean, he was on fire towards the end of his rookie season. And the second year, uh, Shanahan was like, no, screw you. I don't like you. Sit on the bench. Like, yep. or we're not going to target you. It's crazy. Trent Sherfield's going to get reps over you because Trent Sherfield's really, like, that's what they literally tried to sell us. Like, hey, Trent yep. Sherfield might be better. Oh, than I remember Ryder. the whole Trent Sherfield thing. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and then the 49ers beat tried to tell us that he was never in the doghouse. That was never a thing. You, you content creators don't know what you're talking about. And now afterwards, they're like, oh, yeah, he was definitely in the doghouse. Everybody should. Like, it. I hate when they do that. We can see what's going on with the team. It's not a secret. Um, so, But I don't think they're going to trade Brandon Ayuk. They would if they got a good enough offer. I don't think they're going to get a good enough offer because I think they want to keep him. I think they so want. So you think they're going to extend him to a $28 million plus deal? You think, think they can? They yes, they definitely can. Because if they extend him, his cap number in 2024 is going to be lower than it is right now. Right now, it's at 14 because he's playing on the fifth-year option. Uh, it'll go down. They'll make sure it goes down in the first year. So that like big oomph that they're going to feel eventually is not going to come this year, and it might not even come next year. It'll probably be three years from now if they extend him out. So do they can do it. Do you think Ayuk is it. worth that? Or do you think there's other wide receivers in the system that could do what Ayuk does? I do think Ayuk is a good wide receiver. I don't know. I don't think he's 28 million. I don't think he's Tyreek Hill. Dev like I know Devontae Adams mostly got that huge contract because of what he's done in his career. Right. And he is getting older and he played with no quarterback, but like, I don't think he's at that level of what Devontae Adams was when he got the contract or what Tyreek Hill is still right now to earn that salary. Tyreek Hill in a Kyle Shanahan offense would, I mean, 2,000 yards. Yeah, it would be. I mean, he is kind of in a Kyle Shanahan offense right now. And we've yeah. seen what he did. He might have done it last year if he didn't get banged up. I think Ayuk would say, look, if you give me the same number of targets that everybody else gets, but where I mean, does he go in games? Where does he go? Is are they just not? Is he just wide open? That are just not targeting him? Because I just there's so many there's 30 minutes of games where I'm like, where is Brandon Ayuk? <laughs> is he on the field? Like where is he? It happens so much. It, it, like it just it. I just it felt like every game it's like he would get a reception early on in the game and then 30 minutes goes by and you're like Brandon Ayuk still only has one reception. Like where is he? I think it's a and then normally as the game goes on the second half, he starts to get more open and starts to get going too. But again, why is he the only guy that's just gets given, you know, all of the like, Oh, he's just super talented instead of, Oh, I'm in Kyle Shanahan's system. And anybody here could be really good. I think it's the offense. I think because Kyle never says, I shouldn't say never, but most of the time, Kyle doesn't say we need to feed Ayuk this game. Like this is going to be an Ayuk. He just says, here's where the defense is weak. I'm going to attack here. For example, like maybe the defense is weak in the intermediate zone on the right side. Sometimes that's going to be Kittle. Sometimes we'll hit McCaffrey there. Sometimes we'll hit Debo there, whatever the case may be. But a lot of times what ends up happening is like what we saw in the Super Bowl with Ayuk didn't get a bunch of yards. 
uh, Kittle didn't get a bunch of targets or yards because that's not how Kyle wants to attack the defense. So I feel like but you can't pay a guy then in this system, 28 plus million dollars. That's, that's for guys that you need to literally carry a team. That's for the CD lambs. That's getting 160 targets because he's the one guy you can count on. That is for the Tyreek kill. Who's getting all those targets. That is for the Devonte Adams, who is the only receiver on his team. Like if you don't need him, and every single week, and he's not your focal point of the offense, you can't pay him that much money. That's a good argument. If you're saying your offense is good and the rest of the roster is good enough to where you don't have to force feed the guy, then why are you going to pay him like someone who needs to be force fed? Brisby Life on Twitch, shout out to the Twitch fam, says how many plays are specifically designed to get Debo the ball? Ayuk doesn't have a ton of plays like that. Because if you don't specifically design a play to get Debo the ball, he can't get himself open to get the ball. That's why, like, there are so many short dump-offs and screens and plays like that to Debo, because that's the only way you can get the ball in his hands. Brandon Ayuk can get open. He can run routes. especially He can beat man coverage. So that's why there's a difference there, because if you don't do that for Debo, he can disappear. Yeah, but again, they are more, they are actually calling up plays and doing that for Debo. I think that's another sign, though, that this is how they want to run their offense, another focal point. Very sorry about the dog barking. We are getting grass done in our backyard, and now they're here. But I'm going to try to mute myself for whenever I can. Speaking of Brandon Ayuk, his name came up on during the most random thing ever. We all know that Dave Merritt is interviewing with the 49ers. He's the Chiefs defensive backs coach. He's interviewing to become the 49ers defensive coordinator. He did an interview with the Sports Shop radio show where Brandon Ayuk's name comes up. Now, full disclosure for everybody, Merritt is talking here about Steve Wilkes and the firing of Steve Wilkes. And Merritt is defending Steve Wilkes. And his overall point is, Steve Wilkes did not get fired because of the Niners' performance in the Super Bowl because the defense was good in the Super Bowl. But listen to how Dave Merritt, again, who's interviewing for a job with the 49ers, talks about the 49ers in the Super Bowl. Clearly off of just the game, that's not the case, and we all know that. There's always something behind a marriage. If it's not going well, it it doesn't just happen all night. So – but if you want to talk about the game, their offense went three for 12 on third down. Oops. Our offense went nine for 19. But if your offense is going three for 12 on third down, is that Wilkes' fault? <laughs> if your tight end, who's all pro, yeah. Kittle, yeah. only has one catch for four yards, <laughs> is that Wilkes' fault? Right, no. I mean, so yeah. therefore, you can feed McCaffrey all you want to. Yeah. He needs help. And then number 11, who was trying to fight all game, uh, Aiko, whatever, uh, I don't know. He only had 40-something yards. Was that Wilkes' fault? So I just say that there was something going on before. Yeah. He's not wrong, Michelle. He's not wrong. But I got to tell you, I loved it. And I think, like, some people are like, oh, you can't hire him now. I think the complete opposite. I loved it. I think that might be just what this 49ers team and locker room needs. A guy that's going to come in here, not, you know, slurp everybody all the time, not tell them how great they are all the time, tell them what needs to be said, whether it's players on defense, maybe it's Kyle. I kind of liked it. 
Oh, Kyle Shanahan could never hear this though. He's going to start crying. Like he, he's not going to be able to handle that. I will say a, a DB coach going up against you in the Super Bowl and not knowing your name. Cause that's how unworthy he is about you. <laughs> that's another reason you can't pay Brandon. Are you $28 million? You know who he would know his name and be having nightmares about Tyreek Hill. And that's who you pay Devontae Adams. Like the, the guys that the DB coaches will be having nightmares about not guy. They don't even care to know your name. It's interesting. You know, I don't know if Kyle would. Because remember, when Kyle was himself was interviewing with the 49ers, he sat down with Jed York and told Jed York to his face. This is the worst roster I have ever seen. So Kyle is known for his honesty. He's not afraid to be honest. Would he welcome that kind of honesty from one of his coaches? I don't know. I have no idea. You know, he had guys that had been with him for a while, like Mike McDaniel and, and offensive coaches who. You know, when you have a relationship with somebody, like, for example, if you sent me a clip of a podcast you were on, you and I are friends. I could say to you, Michelle, you sucked in that clip and you're <laughs> not going to get mad at me. Like you will hear the criticism instead of like getting your defenses up. When you have that type of relationship with people, you can there's value in that. Now, Kyle doesn't know Dave Merritt, but maybe he could stand to have somebody on the staff who could say to him. You're being dumb here. This is a mistake. You you know, whatever the case may be. I, I kind of liked it. I feel like he probably knows he's not getting the job though. If he was, if he is speaking that way though, because why even risk it? If you thought that you do have a chance with them, you're not going to risk losing the job to, to say this. So I do have a feeling he probably already knows he's not getting it. It's, it's possible. Uh, you know, I, look, I'm going to just state the obvious. Dave Merritt's black. We know you have to interview two minority candidates before you hire any coordinator or any coach. If Dave Merritt thinks he's just, you know, going through the motions, maybe he doesn't care. Maybe he's going to say, I believe this, but I'm not going to worry about not getting the interview if I don't think it's a serious interview. So I'm just going to say it. And that might ultimately help him get the job, which is sort of crazy. Corey says, would Kyle want it? Probably not. But they need a personality like Merritt's. He has been on Super Bowl winning teams. Snap 49ers out of their complacency, Michelle. It's true. He can walk in the door and tell all those defensive players, shut up. And if they complain, he could take his five Super Bowl rings and throw them at them. <laughs> but also, I mean, think about what he's done for Trent. I, it might not be just him, right? But Trent McDuffie and Legereus Sneed, these guys have grown into some of the best corners in the league. So clearly, mm -hmm. he's a pretty good coach. It's not. I don't hate it. Like I, I've been telling people, I wouldn't hate the Brandon Staley hiring and I wouldn't hate oh, this hiring yes, either way. Brandon no, Staley would be atrocious. Why though? How do we because know? Also, we, we've been talking about, they need a good personality in this locker room too. We're looking for that personality, that strong personality that the players, like this is just the kind of team they are. They just need like, ah, oh. and that's <laughs> the exact opposite of Brandon Staley. And no, he's just garbage. No. Garbage. No. I think people like are thinking of the head coach, Brandon Staley. Who I'm was thinking of it all? The Rams, like I told you, I went down the list of who they played. It was not impressive, and then they got destroyed in the playoffs. Like Brandon Staley didn't even have that solid of a year when you actually look into it. But they were mediocre the year before him, and they were mediocre the year after him. Doesn't that have to count for something? He was first in points allowed and first in yards allowed, and then got destroyed in the playoffs. Who cares? I, I like. 
But like playoff games are a very small sample size. Like if you're gonna are you gonna tell me Kyle Shanahan's not well, a good we coach? Went, we went through the games and the games that they played good teams, they allowed 30 points and a lot of yards. And then they played a lot of terrible, terrible teams. And those were the games that skewed the data because they were allowing like three points and like no yards. But when they played a decent team, they they allowed what everyone else allows. It was no different. He wasn't a difference maker coach, is what I'm trying to say. We'll see. I and think he doesn't have the personality. If I had to make the pick, I think he's the one that's getting the job, frankly. Ugh, well, he's, he's got the McVay. I'll be looking know, for a DC again next offseason. I'm sure. Well, well, here's the thing also, Michelle. Maybe that's part of Kyle's thinking, too. He's like, look, Robert Sala and Jeff Ulbrich are going to get fired after this year with the Jets. I'll just hire one of them when they become available. We'll pick somebody for this year. We'll see how it goes. But if not, those guys are going to be out on the market again, looking for jobs and nobody, but nobody's going to hire Robert Sala again to be a head coach. That's a silly way to look at it though. You only have, I mean, you're trying to win this year. You're not worried about the year after. So I, I, I would like to bring in a young guy that has promise like this DB coach. I, I think he's a very interesting option here. It's just now with this interview, I don't really know if he's an option. Uh, Nick Ellert says, Rob, did you hear Matt Mayoko's podcast where he spent most of it talking about Staley? It's Staley. Mike Silver had an article, uh, a very interesting article this week. He basically was caping for Staley and made it seem like Staley was going to be the choice. John Lynch so two was of the worst game managers of all time are going to be calling offensive and defense. Great. He, here's what you get, though, Michelle. You get ultra conservative Kyle and you get super aggressive Brandon Staley. If you combine their talents, maybe you might get enough <laughs> adequacy of one normal head coach in 2024. Oh my no, this time management's going to be so bad. I hate this duo. I I hate it so much. If they hire Brandon Staley, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Like despise it. Wow. Tell us how you really feel. I think it's a terrible, terrible hire. I think it's going to be Brandon Staley because John Lynch was literally arguing for Brandon Staley in an article to Matt Barrows this week. Like literally he said, don't count out Brandon Staley because, you know, X, Y, Z. And it's like, why is the head coach telling a beat writer not to count somebody out? Like, that's just a very, or why is a GM telling a beat writer not to count somebody out? It's just a very weird thing that's going on. I think it's going to be Staley. I wouldn't be surprised if the big holdup was, Staley wants the job. They want to hire Staley, but he also wants to bring a couple other coaches with him. And the Niners don't want to, because they didn't let Wilkes bring any of his coaches. I just, you ruined my day. You ruined my day. This is as bad as the Steelers hiring Arthur Smith. Um, Shades by Chardall. Yeah, that's not good either. Says that interview with Dave Merritt was done a few days after the Super Bowl and before Merritt was meeting with the 49ers. But here's the thing. I, I have a feeling he probably knew he was in the mix. Like, I don't think he was totally caught off guard. Those discussions happen with players and teams and all that stuff. I so would choose I Merritt over Staley a hundred times out of a hundred times. I don't even know much about Merritt at all, but I just cannot, cannot with the brand of Staley. So here's what I like about Merritt. He does check a lot of the boxes. The 49ers say that they're looking for. One, he has linebacker experience. He played linebacker in the league, and he's coached linebackers. In fact, he's coached all three levels of the defense, defensive line, linebackers, secondary. So I love that. I love the fact that he's been with Steve Spagnuolo a really long time. He was with Steve Spagnuolo with the Giants. He's been with Steve Spagnuolo in Kansas City. Obviously, like I said, he's got the five Super Bowl rings. If there was anybody, you know, a, a good sort of, as we were talking before, Jedi Padawan, if there's a good Jedi master to study under, how about, the guy with the most rings of any 
defensive coordinator in the history of football. Yeah. No, I, I think that sounds like a great a great guy to bring in that has a lot of potential here. Brandon Staley's just I cannot imagine the players would be excited about Brandon Staley either. And I do think it's hard for these these coaches that failed at being a head coach to come in and probably earn the respect of these players too. Cause they just saw how bad you were at something, right? <laughs> they just witnessed how bad you were. And it's like, why should I trust this guy? You know, um, that's probably how I would feel personally. And then you have this like little white dude coming in trying to tell you like, I don't know. I don't like it. Kyle Shanahan's a little white dude. Yeah. But like it works more in offense than it does on defense. <laughs> Uh, Nicholas Parra says maybe they're waiting on a consensus vote from the Cabo click to make a decision on the D coordinator, the 49ers most interesting team in the world. I hate the Cabo click. I would love to see at least one member of the Cabo click get kicked to the curb. Please let it be Kyle. Use check this season. Get out of here with that. It's so dumb. <laughs> Who's in the Cabo click. Oh God. It's, it's Shanahan. It's juice. It's Debo. I think Trent is in it. They all go to Cabo like with Shanahan. It's just, it's such a bad look. It is such a bad look. Of course it is. Cause it makes it seem it does. I mean, it creates a, like an us and them thing. Like, Oh, what? I wasn't cool enough to get invited on vacation with you. Like Jawan Jennings has got to be like, "Mm, I was going to be the MVP of the Super Bowl, but yeah, sure. I'm not in your little, your cool little crew there. Yeah. Don't like it. Don't like it, Michelle. What do you got going on this weekend? You oh, you ran a half marathon last week, right? I did. I did. It went really well. Uh the ending I died, but I made it through. <laughs> I ran the whole thing. I was very proud. Yeah. In two hours and twelve minutes. I was shooting for two hours and ten. So missed my goal by a couple minutes, but still proud. I will say the next day I actually was feeling fine. Then a few days later, I go play pickleball for the first time ever. We play for like two hours, I'm learning, I'm playing, I'm going all out. I've never been more sore in my life the day after playing pickleball and today. How is pickleball uh, like crazier on my body than a half marathon? I don't know, but that's all I want to do this weekend now is play pickleball because I got the taste of it and it's so much fun. Okay. See, I want to play. I've never played, but I do want to start. I need to do something to be active because I'm really like... My body is really going downhill. I can't sit crisscross applesauce. Like I'm not oh, flexible no. enough to be able to do it. So like I need to start using this. Every time we record, I'm sitting crisscross applesauce. Really? Yeah. Wow. I can't. Yeah. I Literally, this body will not do that. So um, congratulations to you. Oh, I think... Someone said mimosas and marathons. You better believe I have so <laughs> many mimosas after that half. That is... um. Not an uncommon thing, though. In fact, it happened to me. I was in a car accident and I was like, all right, I was in a car accident. I don't need an ambulance. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Two days later, I was like, oh, my God, everything hurts. Sometimes there's like a delay. Yeah. Until it Maybe like hits you. Happened. So. But, yeah, all right. Muscles apparently I use in pickleball that I've never used before. Brisby Life says Michelle has pickle fever. I think we we can tell that she really doesn't. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think I do. I think Kate would uh, argue otherwise. <laughs> I do. I did. I've already bought paddles. I wanted to go expensive, but Kate wouldn't let me. What is the difference between like a good pickleball paddle and a, I and think, a regular? I think there's a pretty big difference, but like they can, like they're like a hundred, 200 bucks. If you want to go up, there's even like $300 ones, but we got the cheap, like $50 ones. See you. This is like 
they love you. You're you're new to an activity. You want to get all the, you're all fired up about it. You want to get all the equipment, the expensive I was so equipment. good right off the bat. So now I'm just ready, <laughs> ready to go. All right. Well, that sounds cool. I don't have anything going on this weekend. What a surprise. What's new? What's yeah. new? I'll be ready and able when the Niners hire a D coordinator to do an instant reaction show. But anyway, like and subscribe to the channel, everybody. Click the little bell. You'll get notified every time we go live, which is every single weekday, plus whenever there is breaking news. Enjoy the pickleball, Michelle. I hope you have a fantastic weekend. And uh, I hope Kate has a fantastic weekend as well. Thanks. You too. Bye, y'all. This has been a Gold Standard Podcast Network production, part of the Fans First Sports Network.